0: Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Um, so for this week's episode, we're going to talk, obviously, about uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, you know, talk about the Western and Eastern Conference Finals coming up. Or they just started, actually. Uh, both of those are now in uh, Game 2 of the series. Uh, but we'll talk about the uh, the Western and Eastern Conference Semifinals and um, the failures of the Suns, uh, I guess. We'll probably more collapse from the suns and and failures uh, of the the 76ers once again I guess let's let's start there let's let's start with Phoenix um so yeah the Phoenix Suns um I'm sorry if um, you hear some excitement in my voice um yeah you know I I, I didn't expect this at all this um, this collapse by Phoenix against the Dallas Mavericks you know I thought Phoenix and Golden State—they were on a collision course for you know an, an epic uh, you know, Western Conference Finals. I had the Warriors advancing earlier in the season. A lot of people picked the Suns. They're like, okay, and you know what? Nope. I'm picking, picking Chris Paul and point God and uh, Devin Booker. All this, you know, he has to be top five MVP. Should be considered in the MVP race because they have the best record. Yada yada yada. Uh, Monty Williams, Coach of the Year, well deserved sure you had the best record um so yeah i was ready for that you know i, I thought it would be a, a great series right but um did not end up happening you know issues with with deandre aiden there's a lot to unpack with uh with the phoenix suns and what happened um first of all in that game 7 they got i mean even the final score doesn't show how bad they got blown out you know they lost 123 to 90 But at one point, it was, what was it, a 50-point lead for the Dallas Mavericks in Game 7 in Phoenix? Like, what? There was no defense at all. Chris Paul looks like a complete shell of himself. Um, And I said on the last episode, I'm like, can we stop with the point guard shit? You know, he's a great player. He's a Hall of Famer. You know, um, probably the last remaining, like, traditional point guard, you know, left in the NBA. Just the way he plays, gets other guys involved. If he's he has a rolling big like DeAndre Ayton could be, you know, then he, that team could be successful. Like look what he did for uh, DeAndre Jordan. Look what he did for that Oklahoma City Thunder team that, you know, that was it like a 0.2 percent chance to make the playoffs that year, and they made the playoffs. So he could help you know, uh, revive a franchise or change a franchise, right? You know, get you the playoffs, you know, mentor your young guys, your your rising stars, your your Sheikh Gildas Alexanders, um, your Devin Bookers, guys like that, take them to playoffs, get some playoff experience. Um, you know, I, and then he did the same thing with the Clippers. You know, he elevated DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin. You know, that team was a contender. But right before the Warriors started winning championships, I thought... The Clippers were gonna win. What was it 2013, 2014? And then you know they would have that back and forth with the Warriors for a, a couple years there. Then the Warriors, you know, kept going and the Clippers plateaued, kind of stayed the same. Uh, Had injuries in the playoffs of Blake Griffin and uh, Chris Paul, but that that team was exciting, you know. And I I was hoping that team would win championship. Um, that Lob City era, um, they were fun to watch. And um, but yeah, they just didn't get done. He got injured, or you know they had. Again, playoff collapses when uh, Chris Paul's teams, the playoffs, they're up 2-0. You know, he has several losses on his resume after leading 2-0, you know, I guess most recently against the Dallas Mavericks, and even before that against the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals. So this is, this is a, there's a track record of this, you know, of of this in his, in his uh, history in the league. But you know, this I'm not this isn't slander against Chris Paul. This is just me saying, Okay, I think we uh we as fans and you know media personnel, they people we just jump the gun. We jump to conclusions for stuff all the time, like, oh, okay, here it is. You know, they got the best record, they're gonna win championship. Uh, we got the point god. Um, you know, Chris Paul is oh, how does he do it? He's thirty seven years old now. Um, you know, but I always said, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I think the MVP, the the best player on this team, on this Phoenix team, is obviously Devin Booker. But the MVP of this team is Chris Paul. Because without Chris Paul, the engine doesn't go. He, he's the one that gets everyone set up, everyone involved. He makes this, this this car go, right? But if he's not on, if he's missing shots, he had three bad games in a row. I think the last one he had was, was that game. It was like game two or game three where he had was his last good game. Um, And then after that, he wasn't making any shots. And this game, in Game 7, both him and Devin Booker just didn't have it today or that game. They just kept missing some shots. And, you know, Dallas Mavericks, they figured something out. I told you they figured something out when uh, Luka was out in the first round and then they had to, you know, rely on on Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson. They figured out how to play without Luka so they weren't so Luka-focused. You know, as I mentioned this in one of my past episodes is that you know they were just oh Luca has the ball, Luca do this, this and that, and you know kind of stepping up defensively, you know playing better team defense. But with him out, I think those other guys got confident. They're like, okay, yeah, we could do this. You know, give me, give me the ball. You know, let me shine here and there. And then when Luca came back, you know they kind of all got integrated together, and you know are playing like way better than than they were before. Um, and you know, because honestly, this team I. I didn't think they made enough, you know, big moves, you know, to help Luka out, and I've said this before, like, you know, Luca, Luca needs some help, right, he doesn't have the best supporting cast around him, you know, um, sure, maybe, uh, uh Jalen, uh, Brunson caught some, squirt- some strays and stuff, but he's really stepped up, you know, I do like Dinwiddie, he's kind of, you know, um, a heat check guy, you know, has that, that rational confidence in a player that you want, but you know, he has no problem taking that last shot if, if he needs to. Um, but yeah, as far as you know, the Phoenix Suns go, it's like, well, where, where do they go now from here? Because DeAndre Aiden only played 17 minutes, and you know, he's not on Devin Booker's level, but you he was your number one pick, you took him over Luka, you know, and over Trey Young. Um, you know, took him over that, that was a, a great draft and you took DeAndre number one and then he only plays 17 minutes. And you know obviously the Devin Booker's your guy, right? You got to build around him because you know for as long as you have Chris Paul because Chris Paul is aging, obviously 37. Who knows if he's going to be next year when he's 30 he turns 38 in the playoffs next year. like I don't even know if he's gonna be be the same or close to it at all. Uh, but with DeAndre and he's supposed to be what is he 23 now 22 something like that because um, Devin Booker is still in his 20s so you're supposed to those are supposed to be your two foundational pieces and build around DeAndre Ayton and and Devin Booker but their their games don't really match up that well actually you know uh, DeAndre and he wasn't he didn't look that good before Chris Paul showed up and then Chris Paul showed up kind of coached him up got him better and then you know they they worked on their pick and roll and you know he he'd get some more shot attempts around the basket and you know more aggressive off the block things like that so um that's what kind of player he needs he needs a, he needs more of a a facilitator point guard kind of set him up uh Devin Booker is not that guy he's also yeah he's a shooting guard so he plays different positions and he has the ball in his hands most of the time so um but there was also you know an issue on the bench I guess he Monty Williams told DeAndre Aiden that he quit on his team and then so he only played him 17 minutes and then reporters after the game asked Monty Williams hey what's going on here um you know why do you only play 17 minutes and all he said was it's internal and I think this started there's some issues with DeAndre Aiden and his contract extension he had one year left on on his rookie contract I believe and uh, Phoenix didn't want to re-sign him because they wanted to keep him under that um, that rookie deal, so that they can build the roster around CP and uh, and Devin Booker, right? That it's a it's a smart financial thing. But if you had that extra money at the time, you got and you want to keep DeAndre, and I assume they want to keep DeAndre in. But now, you know, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, you offer him the max, right? You just do that. You want to keep your young guy happy. If he, if he is truly your foundational piece to go with Devin Booker, you got to offer him that contract extension, right? So they didn't do it. They're like, okay, we'll talk after this next season. After our finals run, let's have another season, and then we'll talk. And I think that that rubbed DeAndre in the wrong way because now there's reports saying that he, he doesn't feel valued by the Phoenix Suns organization. Not feeling valued. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. What what a what a relatable thing there, right? Um so yeah, he doesn't feel valued and um you know, there's also a report about him and like I guess, you know, his maturity and his attitude, you know, to coaches and stuff and you know, he feels like he's a guy already and just doesn't have his respect. You know, it's a classic thing with with a young NBA player. Oh, I don't get my respect. I should be, you know, oh, I should be first team all defense all whatever. Um, you know, because as soon as they get into the league, they're like, oh, I made it. I'm here. You know, where's my MVP? Give me my rookie of the year. Where's my championship? You know, they're just like sitting around waiting for it, but not putting in the work. And I don't know if De- I don't I haven't read anything or heard anything about DeAndre and not putting in the work or anything. But it just seems like like last year in the in the playoffs, you know, when they when they went all the way to the finals and, and played the Milwaukee Bucks, he was getting he was like so much better than what he had shown the regular season and i'm like oh shit man deandre he's here he has arrived he's taking that next step he's putting up big numbers in big games you know against the bucks and all this and you know but now it, he just he's just like plateaued this year you know he didn't take he didn't elevate himself again um so i think um i think for the phoenix suns you know i and we'll talk about patrick beverly here a little bit but um I guess I'll talk about him now. Uh Patrick Beverly, I kind of agree with him. He said that this is it for, for Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns and he was kinda of doing his media tour. He has issues with with Chris Paul and, you know, he was on first take and get up and say all that just talking just just talking trash, a lot of trash about him. He was like, Yeah, no he was like, Yeah, Chris Paul doesn't defend, he's a cone and um yeah, that no one no one, you know, loses sleep at night, uh, thinking about how to guard Chris Paul and all this stuff. So he just has issues with Chris Paul, but I agree. I agree with Patrick Beverly that um, I think this is it for the Phoenix Suns. I think it's done because. It, I mean, maybe it would be fine if like you just lost DeAndre Ayton and then they could pay a center and, you know, get someone else, you know, make a trade, do something to, to replace DeAndre Ayton, but you're you're potentially losing two players basically because Chris Paul. What what are we gonna get from him? uh this next season he says not retiring we're gonna come right back but i mean damn we saw him basically like age overnight It, it seemed like he got old right away as soon as his his 37th birthday was during the playoffs and like okay next day i'm old now and then he had like four straight bad games like horrible games and you know he's gotten a lot of passes in the in the past but i mean come on you're right there you can't have consecutive bad games like that like you gotta you gotta show up sometime, you know and and he i know he was inconsistent but there was reports about an injury i don't want to hear anything about the injury because if you're you're injured and, and it's gonna affect your play don't play if if you can play you gotta get me a better game you gotta get me like a, at least a, a decent game you can't just have like the worst game ever because then even you being out there you're hurting your team by, by being injured and not, not being able to perform at least like 50% of what you are. Right. So there's a fine line between that. Like when Kevin Durant came back from injury in in the 2019 finals, he was having an amazing game. He was lighting it up. He was the best uh, player on that court that day, but then he got injured. So he got cut, but, but he, he, he helped his team, you know, he kept them in that game and then, you know, Klay Thompson was carrying him there too. And then they got, he got injured and then whatever, they lost it. But you know, they would have won if uh, Klay Thompson, even just if Klay Thompson was, was healthy. I I still stand by that. But um, yeah, so you're potentially losing Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden. He's, there's no way he's staying after game seven, the NBA playoffs, your biggest game of the season. And he only played 17 minutes. There's no way DeAndre Aiden is staying with the Phoenix Suns. He's going to test, uh, free agency, and he's gonna get a max contract somewhere. You know, um, I don't know, I don't know where. But uh, there's a lot of a lot of teams would be like, okay, let's try him out. Maybe the Pistons, you know, they got a bunch of other young guys there, and they could throw him in there. Um, uh, maybe Dallas, you just add DeAndre in there. Um, you know, there's a lot. Of, maybe Charlotte, they could use him. <clears throat> there's a lot of teams that could that could use a guy like DeAndre, Ayton and they'll they'll throw the bag at him. They don't care. Um, but yeah, so if Phoenix, you know, Chris Paul's not what he was this past year, you know, cause they, they had the best record, you know, they, and they were, they were running, uh, p- t- other teams off the floor, you know, they were, they had, they were so in sync and, 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 and such a cohesive unit, like they looked unstoppable, but yeah, Phoenix, if you, if you lose, you're going to lose DeAndre Ayton, and who knows what Chris Paul is. And then you just have a bunch of role players around. Devin Booker and we've seen Devin Booker try to lead te- a team with just role players. He's not. Um, I I just I can't have. He's not top fifteen player for me, top fifteen or top ten, because you know as I mentioned with Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum was there. He was in the same area with Devin Booker for me, because they're they just seem more like stat guys and they had to rely on help from other guys, but they didn't elevate. Like you got him on your team. You're not gonna be able to, you know, put the team on their backs, and they're not gonna, you know, win you a series. You know, I, I just didn't believe that in both of them, and I felt like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they needed each other more than them able to, uh, you know, lead a team on their own. Um, but Jason Tatum he has elevated himself this play this postseason like what he did with the Nets and now what he's what he's doing now, uh, because he's elevating his teammates and he's making other guys better. I don't know. I haven't seen Devin Booker make other guys better. I've seen Chris Paul make other guys on the Phoenix Suns better, but I haven't seen Devin Booker do that. And I've seen Chris Paul make Devin Booker better, but I haven't seen Devin Booker make Chris Paul better. So I don't even I don't see them you know going deep in the playoffs. They could probably make the playoffs. You know, uh, Devin Booker could put up some big numbers, but I just I don't see them um, you know winning a championship just with that team. Uh, Currently constructed without DeAndre And even if you, you pay somebody else So um, Not sure where the Suns go from here Maybe you can try to do like a signing trade Or something with DeAndre And try to get something in return for that For that asset that you have And don't just let them walk You know freely from uh, Free agency um, But yeah Dallas uh, Figured it out We'll talk about them uh, uh, In their matchup against the Warriors Here in a little bit uh, but the Warriors and the Grizzlies, that series finally ended. Um, you know, in in six games, I got that one right. Um, but you know, I'm just so happy that one ended. Um, you know, they were just if that went seven, there's gonna be more and more injuries, more Dylan Brooks crap pushing uh, pushing Steph Curry down. You know, from the back, you know, breaking uh, Gary Payton's elbow. But who he he might be back for the for the NBA Finals actually if they make it that far. But um yeah, just tired of Memphis. You know they played well without John Morant, uh, but you know they were just trying to just trying to muck the game up, try to get more physical. Uh, it didn't work. You know the Warriors can play physical too, right? Um, game six, Clay is real. What do you have? Thirty points. He had seven three pointers. um You know we saw Game six Clay most famously against uh, Oklahoma City when they were down. Um, you know they needed to keep winning. They were they down three, one that series, and came back and won that that series. That was an amazing series in 2016. Um, and then 2019, uh, Game Six, Clay against uh the Toronto Raptors. Um, they had a he had a great game, but then then he got injured that game. But um, yeah, this one he was hitting his shots. He was he was on it, and um, you couldn't stop him at all, right? And for for Memphis, this is you know. This is just uh, another in new cap you could do. You could put it there for you know another learning experience. You have more playoff experience. You know you're just gonna get better together. Um, they have I don't I don't know how long it could last though because they have to pay some guys. You know because most of these guys are young on rookie deals or on, on cheaper contracts too. So um, some of these guys are gonna get, want to get paid. So I I don't know who they're gonna be able to keep or or how that's gonna go. But you know you have to keep Jean Morant. You have to keep. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. I guess I, I'm not the biggest fan of him but uh, he seems to fit in that uh, Memphis system you got to keep Desmond Bain I guess you keep uh, Dylan Brooks he's like an I- identity piece for you um but yeah you know I, I'm glad it ended um there's there seems to be some serious rivalry there with um, with Memphis and Golden State I wanted Andre Iguodala to play but you know he's been out for like six months it seems like because remember when, he had originally gotten traded to uh to memphis and then he refused to play for memphis and then all the all the younger guys hated andre godalla because like oh yeah we're we're onto something here we're, we're gonna build a championship team and if he doesn't want to be part of that whatever whatever and it's like at the time it's like okay memphis like andre godalla is old man he was 35 at the time like he's like he's 38 now like they, they That was before they even made the play-in tournament and beat the Warriors. Like, they weren't even there yet, right? And so he needed to go to contender. He was like, okay, well, I want to go somewhere where I can have a chance to win or, or play in big games. So he went to Miami, and, you know, he just looked like he wasn't even alive in Miami. He looked like he was a zombie out there. But now he's just injured. But uh, but then, yeah, so that that's when, you know, Grizzlies, the Memphis team, had their, their hatred start for the Warriors, it seemed like, but he wasn't even playing so it, it didn't even matter um so uh Milwaukee Bucks uh they they lost to um, to the Boston Celtics they were able to go 7 games in that series this was without Chris Middleton I still picked him to beat Boston just because Giannis was head and shoulders above the other any other player in that series um and they almost did it without Chris Middleton he almost put them put him over the top and, and helped help them uh, move past the Boston Celtics, who who now, you know, man, defensively, they're so good defensively. And, you know, they all of a sudden they're like a gr- this great team because they were terrible in the first part of the season. I'm just like, damn, I'm like, what is Brad Stevens doing? I'm like, he needs to blow up the roster. Why do they bring back Al Horford? I was absolutely done with Al Horford because we saw him already in Boston with Kyrie, and that was a train wreck. And then he was on other teams. He just like done, and he. I mean, he's he's up there, and he's like in his late thirties, I think. And then he goes to the OKC. Anyone could have had him, you know. And then Boston's like, hey, let's try this out again. So I was like, okay, I don't, this doesn't make sense. I didn't understand the roster construction. I, I feel like they didn't do that kind of a job. I mean, I didn't I didn't really hear enough about him. Um, you know, as far as coaching, I know he was he was with Portland. I'm like, okay, I don't I don't know how this is gonna go. And I thought it was a weird move. With Brad Stevens and how, um, you know, he moves to front office. I'm like, well, did he even want to coach? And then he was, he was going to go to uh, Indiana. It was weird. But <clears throat> I, I, I understood that they had to make a change because this team, the core has been the same for, what, like five, six years or so, right? And that same core, they and then they added Kyrie and that whole thing, you know, it was a dumpster fire, right? We, we all know that. But they went to the conference finals four years in a row and they kept running into LeBron, kept running into LeBron, and then LeBron leaves, and then now they have a Giannis problem, and I guess a Miami Heat problem. Cause they, they couldn't get past the Heat also. Like other teams were they just had the better the best player. And then they couldn't they just couldn't get past those teams at all. And then so it seemed like more of a Brad Stevens issue. Like there was something going on internally in the locker room. And I said this before. Like, there's, there's got to be something because this team, like, there's no reason for them to not have even played in the NBA Finals with these guys that they have. Like, they're such a good team, and like, they play good team defense. You have continuity. Like, if, if you have the same players over and over, over, over a certain amount of years, and you don't go to the finals, like, at all, most, most teams will blow that up. They're like, okay, this isn't working. Like, you can't have too much continuity because then you get too comfortable you don't challenge each other enough, you know, it's like with some long relationships, like sometimes like if you don't, you know, make some changes in that relationship, like it's just going to die out. If you're doing the same thing over and over, it's just like, okay, like we got to make some change. We got to do something, you know, we got to make some changes. So, um, they kept the core together, made that change with Brad Stevens and they brought in, Udoku, uh, Yudoku and, you know, th- and it, it worked obviously after, you know, after that, the first failures in the first half of the season. And then now, you know, now they find themselves in the Eastern Conference Finals. But, you know, I think for the Bucks, I, for me, they get a pass. Giannis gets a pass because he had a, a phenomenal series against them. Like his numbers were crazy. I know he didn't have a great Game Seven. He only scored was it twenty two points. He was missing a lot of shots, but he was staying aggressive though. He wasn't scared of the moment. And for me, right now, Giannis can do no wrong. You know, cause he, for, cause for what he puts on his on his back for the, that team, and just the kind of motivator he is for those guys, and you know everyone loves him. So you know he could get it past this time because what he did last year in the NBA Finals and the entire playoffs, he completely dominated everyone, and he showed that he's the best player in the NBA, and he showed why. And he's still the best NBA, best player in the NBA. But you know my rule though, if whoever wins the Finals MVP wins the championship that year. I'll give them the title for the best player that next year. It may sound dumb, but they're the one they're playing against the other best player. They were playing against Giannis and you know and and Giannis didn't he didn't get it done, right? You feel like it feels like the best player should get it done. But um, but I would still take Giannis over, you know, anyone right now in the NBA. But you know, that could change. Steph Curry wins the uh, finals MVP or whatever, has a, a great series in the finals, he's the best player. Jimmy Butler, he's the best player. Jason Tatum, he's the best player. Luka, he's the best player. Right? And, and, you know, that for me, that makes sense. It's like, okay, you're the one who won it. You get that whole summer, at least, you know, you do your media tour. Oh, yeah, we got uh, finals MVP Luka. You know, here we go. Jason Tatum, bring him on out. And, you know, they do their whole tour. They're, you know, posting the the pictures with the the trophy. You got your MVP trophy. They're having a good time. So it's like, okay, this is the best player. You get the articles. You get the features the interviews, and then you come in the summer, like, okay, so he's the best. You know, because you're elevated, right? People, they put you on on a, on a pedestal. You're on the podium there. Like, you're number one, right? So uh for me, yeah, Giannis, he, he's fine because he got to game seven against, uh, and obviously now great Boston Celtics team, but he didn't have his second best player. So he was trying to force shots, trying to get other guys involved, but the only one who could create their own shot on that team is Giannis right, and and I guess Chris Milton, but he was out so, and he was going to be back in the Eastern Conference Finals, and and so you had Drew Holiday forcing up shots, trying to be more aggressive, and that's not Drew Holiday's Holiday's game at all. But you know, bless his heart, I like Drew Holiday. He's great defensively. He was so good defensively on Marcus Smart, like he had this vendetta against him because he felt like he should have been Defensive Player of the Year. So anytime Marcus Smart had the ball, he was just dogging him. He got a couple crucial steals from him in Game 6. Um, and in Game 5, he was just good on him defensively. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to give them a pass. Um, and then I want to talk about the Philadelphia Sixers. I can't decide. For me personally, the best storylines for for team failures this year has been um, the Brooklyn Nets and the 76ers. And for me... It's just like, it's just the funniest thing to be like all year long. Like we're talking, I even said it here on this podcast. I was like the 76ers, you know, they make a big trade for, for some other player, you know, maybe Bradley B or something, you know, the way Joel Embiid is playing this year, you can, he can elevate your team, win a championship. This sounds like something I said. And then even with the Brooklyn Nets, I kept talking about, uh kevin durant's shoe size and how it was over the line last year against the milwaukee bucks and if, it, if he wore his regular sh- shoe size he would hit that three and the game would have been over and they probably would have made the finals that year and then if they won we'd be having a different conversation right now so yeah but it, that didn't happen he, he didn't his shoe was on the line whatever and and this year it, both of those situations just blew up in their faces right and And it's so funny because these teams are so connected, and I love it. You have Ben Simmons, who his his failures in the playoffs against the Hawks are well-documented. They have been talked about so much. They got so much in his head. He didn't play for the entire season this year, right? And we all know what happened. (laughs) And then uh, so everyone's like, oh, we got to trade Ben Simmons. You know, we have this big sleeping giant here on this team. He could help someone today. He's ready to play. We didn't hear anything about his back, right? Nothing. It was like, oh, it's all mental. He needs another, he needs a supportive environment to go to. Like, okay. And then Brooklyn's like, all right, well, you know what? James Harden kind of wants out of here. You know, he's gained 30 pounds and uh, yeah, he can't really shoot anymore. So uh, yeah, how about, how about we do a a Ben Simmons, uh, James Harden swap? (laughs) Like, uh, okay, sure. Daryl Morey loves him some James Harden, man. I don't know what it is. He loves him some James Harden. So then, you know, to recap, Ben Simmons goes to Brooklyn. The whole thing with uh, the whole debacle against Boston. And then they're down 3-0. Oh, Ben Simmons is ramping it up. He's going to play game four. It's you guys are going to get swept. Why are you going to put Ben Simmons in that situation? Like, and then Steve Nash tried to deny it. Anyway, he doesn't play. It's bad. Then you have Sean Marks, the GM, talking about, oh, I need people who want to be here. Talking about Kyrie Irving and then Ben Simmons. So they have two Big problems next year. Uh, Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving. And then you just have Kevin Durant who just wants to play basketball but has no help. And he's obviously having some doubts. Oh, man, I love Stephen Clay. I love Draymond. What am I doing here? You know, this is bad. I don't think they're going to win a championship in Brooklyn at all in just the way that things are going. I think it's just, it's going to be one of the worst situations for Kevin Durant ever. He's this gonna be the worst decisions of his life is going to Brooklyn and trusting in Kyrie Irving to be a consistent, reliable person. You know, he, he's never shown that, right? Um and then the James Harden situation going to, to the Sixers and just on my last episode, part of the title said Big Game James. Who the hell do you think I was talking about when I said big game James? I was talking about James Harden. He he was aggressive he looked like his former self he looked like, it was like look like it was 2016 he had 31 points i think that day he had more shot attempts than than uh, Joel Embiid and I'm like okay this is what you need to do for you guys. if if you need if you continue to do this you can win the championship but i just i don't see the consistency from James Harden enough he'll have one one game like that every what every 10 games or something he's only had two of those in the playoffs where he scored Oh, that's his first one where he scored uh, above 30 points, more than 30 points. The other one he, the other one's I think his most was like 22, 21. He needs to be averaging 30 in that series cuz you can't for Sixers you can't rely heavily on Tobias Harris. You can't Danny Green can't have more than 10 shot attempts. He just can't, right? Um so you need you need James Harden to to not be a playmaker, to be more aggressive, you know, try to get to the line I need him taking twenty five shots at least. Like he just needs to shoot it, he, more threes and stuff, right? Um, but that didn't happen, you know. the The Sixers they they needed. I understood the the situation. They needed to make a move, and James Harden was like the biggest fish they could get. I thought Bradley Beal would have been better, but and I also said this too. Everyone was like, "I, I need I need a list. I need to go do some research online. I need to Google." Who the hell called uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden the new Shaq and Kobe? Who the hell said that? Because I, I was against it in the beginning. like, you can't. Let, please let's not do this. Let's not set this up for failure. Because Shaq and Kobe are, are the greatest duo of all time. Okay? We still make references to that. Right? They They won three championships together. Come on, man. They had so many playoff uh, playoff games together. They had so many big moments together. Why in the hell would we say that Joel Embiid and, and James Harden are the modern-day Shaq and Kobe when we only saw them play, like, four great games together and then everyone jumping out of their seats? Oh, my God, did you see that? That was Shaq and Kobe. Dude, no, it wasn't. One, James Harden doesn't have the work ethic that Kobe had. He Kobe was, like, incredible amazing shape James Harden has been gaining weight progressively for like the last five years he's huge now if you compare him to what he looked like in OKC or even Houston he is a massive massive human human being in comparison and he's just and the cornrows I don't know what it is about the cornrows or this hair he has right now but it makes him look like like he's gained more weight he looks bigger with that hair like I think he got it to go with the fade or something so you look like a little, th- a little thinner, a little slimming. Maybe he should wear like some, a long like like black Under Armour uh, under his jersey. Look a little more slim. I have no idea, but uh, but they need to figure that one out. Um, I feel like Shaq and Embiid comparisons, like okay, sure, with like the modern day, that one makes sense. But the Kobe Harden one is so off, so off. Um, so anyway, yeah, with the game, you know, against Miami, it's a closeout game. You know, you want everyone to be aggressive. Joel Embiid had already been so beat up. He's already, he had his concussion. He had his issue with his eye. He was wearing the mask. He's doing all this. He's just so gassed. He's had, he's, had, he's put so much on himself with his team. And he just didn't get any help. He didn't get enough people helping him. Um, you know, Seth Curry was injured. And, you know, I think they, or no, Seth Curry was with the the the, uh, the Nets now. No, sorry, not Seth Curry. Um, you had to rely too much on, on Tobias Harris, I feel like, right? And then with James Harden, you're in a closeout game. You needed this dude to be aggressive. He took two shot attempts in the second half. Two shot attempts, I repeat that, because he took one in the third quarter. He took one shot attempt in the fourth quarter when the game was still, like, in reach. He took one shot attempt. Just one, like can you believe that like that is just shocking to me that he would take two second half shot attempts miss both of them but he had he just had a terrible game like it it just looked like he quit like he gave up like why i just i don't get it if you guys are down by some amount why wouldn't you just start just, just shooting some step back threes like be aggressive i always told people uh, told kids when i was coaching them i'm like i don't care if you're 0 for 20 0 for 10 at least you're trying. At least you're like staying aggressive and taking shots and not costing your team. Because if you're one person on the team and you're scared to shoot the ball, it's just going to be 4-on-5. Just like with Ben Simmons against the Hawks, scared to make that shoot that shot, you're playing 4-on-5, and it's easier to guard you. And I, and I know the same could be said for Draymond Green. We're playing 4-on-5, but Draymond Green does other things for, for that Warriors team. He sets other guys up, so he, he's not needed to shoot. He's a playmaker, and like that's his role. But when you're James Harden and your role is to—you need to score 30. Like, you just—you need to be more aggressive, shoot those 25 shots. And you only shoot two—there's only two shot attempts in the second half. I can't get over that. That That's so crazy. Like, dude, do you want to win? Do you want to win a championship, James Harden? He always says, oh, I want to be here and I want to win. This is where I want to be. He's going to keep saying the same thing until he ends up in Washington. He ends up in, I don't know, fucking Charlotte or uh i don't know minnesota i don't know he's just gonna keep going to other teams until someone keeps giving him max contracts you know because he was he had already started with okc goes to houston and then he goes oh i want to go to brooklyn this brooklyn's where i want to be i think that's what he said in his first uh, press conference brooklyn's where i want to be then he goes to philly philly's where i wanted to be the whole time like okay dude now he's gonna be like yeah you know the clippers are where i want to be all the time like this guy just doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't understand. I don't get what gets what what motivates James Harden besides, you know, the food and, and the clubs, the strippers. Like, I don't think anything in the NBA actually motivates him unless it's, like, um, getting a max contract. Like, he just doesn't want it at all. And I, I just I don't think he's ever going to win a championship, like, ever. Because he he doesn't want it enough. Like, he's not waking up. He's not doing the Kobe hours. He's not waking up at 3 in the morning, going to the gym, getting some shots up. He's not investing time and money into his body. He's he probably eats like shit. He looks like he eats like shit because like I mean, come on, he's gaining some weight. Because um, I mean, you're supposed to be a tip-top shape. You got You're an athlete. Like take care of your body. You got the money. Get, hire a cook. You know, a chef, and just like stay in shape and work out. But I, he doesn't seem like he he does that at all. He's he's not the guy. Uh, I feel sorry for Joel Embiid because I really like him. He he was just he just didn't have it after a while because he just put so much on himself this whole year. He had an MVP type season, you know. I thought it should have went to Jokic still, but he was right there, you know, and um, definitely should have been in that in that top three, and he was. But man, they got to They got to do something, and you know what? But you know, for Joel Embiid in his press conferences. His press—he's just—I love his press conferences after losses because he's not afraid to tell people how he feels. He said it about Ben Simmons, like he—he he didn't know he would take—he needs to take that shot or whatever. He said about Ben Simmons, kind of threw him under the bus, and that started the whole—the whole issue with Ben Simmons. And then what uh, Doc Rivers said, like, oh, I don't know if we could win with uh, Ben Simmons as a point guard. That's what got him mad—that that that they did it in front of the media and then they didn't apologize. Well, did you hear what he said about? About James Harden. This is why I love this Sixers uh situation. It's so toxic. I love the uh the Brooklyn Nets situation. It's so toxic. I just love I don't know, it's just it makes me laugh. It's so entertaining too. Um but Joel and they asked him about James Harden, and he's like, Oh, I thought we were getting the James Harden of, you know, before from Houston, but I think that guy's long gone and uh, uh he's more of a playmaker now. Like oh my god, he just threw James Harden under the bus and then it's like it's like, okay. And then uh, James was like, yeah, I want to be here and all this, but, but man, how are you is your best player going to say that about this guy who has like a a, 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 contract offer or not a, um, he has to opt in to his like $43 million contract. And it seems like he's going to opt in on that. Cause who else is going to pay him $43 million? He's not going to get a max contract like that. I don't think he should. And definitely, I don't think the, the Sixers are going to offer him, um, you know a five year a, Like a long term contract I would give him like Two years maybe Or like a one and one Give him a, a A team option for that Second one Cause I need to know What shape you're gonna be in here How are you gonna play At the end of the season You know I don't wanna see What you're like In the beginning of the season Cause that's when Everything's all good Everything's gravy right Um uh, But then with Doc Rivers too Like I don't know he, I like Doc Rivers He won championship With Boston You know he's a, He's a good coach Um he has a potential to be great, but there's some times where I just like, I get frustrated with like what he does. And, and like, then he like stands by stuff. Like he doubles down on it when some questions. is like, Oh no, I'm, I'm doc rivers. This is, this is, this is the correct way. Um, like the thing with Deandre Jordan is like, Oh, we're going to keep playing Deandre Jordan. Like, dude, why do you have Deandre Jordan on your team? Like the dude's done. Right. Like, stop, stop with it. Um, but you know, then, in the press club they're like pressing me he's obviously frustrated you know with the loss and stuff and at one point he said oh when i got here no one expected us to do anything i'm like are you kidding me when you got there wasn't that the team with jj reddick jimmy butler tobias harris joel Embiid, ben simmons you guys were like what third in the east no one expected you to do anything People, dude, you guys—they like—they went to the—they almost made it to the finals when they went when they—they they barely lost against um the Toronto Raptors. Like, you had Brett Brown there, and you guys were—they were, were making—they were making deep runs of playoffs, or like they were—I mean—they were finishing, you know, top five in the in the East, and you know they weren't—they didn't make it past the second round. But people had high expectations for Philadelphia. They were. They were picking him a lot of the times to to go to the championship, you know. And even, like, even when Doc Rivers got there, they're like, oh, okay, Doc Rivers is a better coach than Brett Brown. They have to win a championship. Like, so I don't know what, what Doc Rivers is smoking where he thinks that no one had expectations for a team that had, you know, one of the best centers in the NBA, one of the best players to build a team around. Like, what are you saying right now? It's like he's, like, he's angling to get out there to, you know, to coach the Lakers. But... But yeah, that's a mess. Cause I honestly I don't know where where the Sixers go. Like even if you trade James Harden, like yeah, he might he might be traded. Um, I don't even know what you would get in return for him. Like you can't get you can't get Beal, I guess. And um, like Joel Embiid's twenty seven now. Like who knows? Cause he's he's like a he's a seven footer. Like how long is his body gonna hold up? You know when they start breaking down from their knees or their ankles, like. So you have a short window. I would say you have like a two, three-year window, maybe. Um, but, yeah, that's something to uh, keep in mind. Um, so, you know, moving on to the, to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, the Miami Heat won that first game um, behind a, an amazing game from Jimmy Butler, 41 points. Um, you know, but, you know, the Celtics, you know, it, it wasn't very close, but they were there. And that was without Al Horford and and Marcus Smart. Um, we've seen this matchup before. We've seen the Miami Heat beat them. This was in the bubble, right? Where the Miami Heat beat them, and then they went to the finals and played uh, the Lakers. Um, I love this coaching matchup. Uh, Eric Spoelstra is like one my, he's one of my favorite coaches in the NBA. I think he's I think he's amazing. Um, he's really smart. Uh, but, uh, you know, this series, it feels like this is a series for the Miami Heat. Like, they have the number for the Celtics. Um, you know, I know they were without Al Horford and Marcus Smart, who they might be out for Game 2 also. So if they are for game two, out for Game 2, Miami needs to, um, you know, they need to take advantage of that and and just exploit the weak spots right there defensively. Because Al Horford is, I mentioned earlier, I mean, man, he's had a resurgence this postseason. And Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, but, uh, the Miami Heat are on a mission. Bam has improved defensively. He had that nice block. Um, you know, maybe, I mean, Duncan Robinson didn't play at all this past uh, series. and ho- I mean, they're playing him a lot. So hopefully he's able to, you know, get on the court this series. Uh, but Jimmy Butler in the postseason, I know I've I've had some praise for Jimmy Butler and I've had some criticisms where, you know, he has 12 points. He has only like five attempts or something. But, you know, because he, he's a different type of player. He He sets the tone for Miami with his aggressiveness his um, you know um his toughness and you know even defensively you know he's he's still good defensively but you know and he doesn't press too much like he has to get involved in scoring i just feel like he needs to set guys up more but um as we've seen in the playoffs he can carry a team you know he, he did it in the bubble he was just so worn out but he carried them all the way to the finals and what was it they lost in the six games and we're seeing that from him now. You know, scoring 41 points, you know, setting the tone for that first game and for the series. Um, I think this is going to be a great series. I have Boston losing. They're gonna, Miami's going to win in seven games. I think they're so evenly matched uh, between Jason Tatum and uh, Jimmy Butler. But Jimmy Butler has done this before. He's gotten his team to the NBA Finals before, so he knows what it takes. Jason Tatum, he's uh, he's on the rise. So you know, we're seeing him. As a top 10 player now. Some people probably have him top 5. I don't. I think top 10. But um, this is going to be a great series. And I'm, I'm really excited for it. Um, as far as the uh, Western Conference Finals goes. We have uh, Dallas Mavericks and Golden State Warriors. The last time they played was uh, when the We Believe team. The eight seed. They beat uh, Dirk Nowitzki. And the number 1 seed Dallas Mavericks. I think that was the year he won the MVP. And that was also the year he punched a, a hole in the wall at Oracle Arena and uh, yeah, so you know, I forgot to mention Kevon Looney in that closeout game six against the Grizzlies, dude had like 24 rebounds, and he doesn't get the respect he deserves. People keep saying, like, oh, they need Wiseman there instead of Kevon Looney. Wiseman doesn't have the IQ that Kevon Looney has. Um, you have Wiseman there, Wiseman is bigger, should be a better rebounder. He's not getting 24 rebounds, I'll tell you that much. He doesn't have this, he doesn't know the system like Kevon Looney. Kavon Looney's Looney, he needs more credit. He needs to be a part of that. When people say Steph, Clay, and Draymond, they need to say Kevon Looney too because he fits so perfectly with that team. He was—he couldn't lift his arm above his head, his right arm above his head, against uh, the Raptors in that finals, but he was still there playing. He, he's played through so many injuries, so many back issues, and he's always there, man. He's consistent. He gets those rebounds. Big games and big moments. I want Kavon Looney out there. I don't care who... What, what, who the other team has out there, you know, down low, who he has to guard. I, I want Kavon Looney out there. So I just want to give him his flowers because I, I just, man, I love him in big moments. I'm just like, I, you got to have Kavon Looney out there. I, I don't need, I don't need the Wiseman stuff right now. I don't need to hear that. But, uh yeah, this, this, you know, the first game was yesterday and, uh, the Warriors just completely blew out the Dallas Mavericks. Um, defensively, they knew what to do on Luka. Um, you know, and I, um, I, you know I, I wanted the Suns and, and Warriors because they just match up so well together um I don't think th- the Mavericks match up well against his Warriors team at all honestly um I think like I basketball IQ wise I think Steve Kerr is head and shoulders above Jason Kidd I like Jason Kidd sure He uh, he's probably a terrible person his, his past life but whatever um but I, I think as far as coaching goes like Steve Kerr knows what buttons to press, and I. But I feel like for Jason Kidd, this first game is more like okay, I need to test the water, see what, see what defense the Warriors are going to put on Luca. Like Luca had, a, he didn't have a good game at all, and he needs to he needs to do kind of free roaming and stuff. But he's going to need some help here, so um, and he didn't get it. You know, they. I mean, what was it like one one ten one twelve to like eighty seven or something like that? It was just a blowout. Um, so I think the Warriors win this series in five games, um, and I and by the time, you know the the Celtics and Heat, by the time that like slugfest ends, you know they're gonna be pretty beat up. And then I have um, I still have the Warriors winning, man. Just the way they're playing right now, the way everything's falling into place, the path for the Eastern Conference Finals, the path for the Western Conference Finals. It's the Warriors, man. It's the Warriors for me, uh, just the way that they've been playing. And then the emergence of Jordan Poole, Clay having, you know, you got game six Clay, Clay having bigger games. Draymond Green, like, fully healthy. They're just so into it. They're loving it. After the, after the loss, uh, after the win yesterday, he gets off the stadium. He goes right on the TNT set, you know, because he's, he's, like, kind of part-time, basically, with TNT, and he starts talking about the game, like, I just love that, you know. And then they're clowning uh, Memphis Grizzlies, playing "Whoop That Trick" in a, at a Chase Stadium, and, and then in Memphis they're like singing along when they're getting blown out. They're like, "Yeah, Whoop That Trick, Whoop That Trick," because they it's like they know what's happening. They have the cheat code. They know they're gonna win. It's done, right? Um, especially now that you don't have to deal with Phoenix. Um, you know, I'm just I the finals matchup, whoever they play. Whether it be Boston or, or Miami, oh man, that's going to be good. And with Boston, you got the Marcus Smart, Steph Curry thing, so there's already rivalry there. Um, you know, uh, Eric Spoelstra, Steve Kerr, that coaching matchup, it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm excited either way, but um, I don't think Dallas has a chance in this series. But I said that in the last series against Phoenix. I had Phoenix beating them in six games. Honestly, I did. Um, so we'll see. You know, maybe they'll, they'll put up a better fight, but, you know, I will say. Dallas was down two zero against uh, against uh, Phoenix, and they ended up winning. So, but but then you could also say, you know, Chris Paul has a history of being down two zero, and look what happened. So I don't know. It's the NBA playoffs; crazy things happen. Um, it's been it's been amazing so far. Um, so, but uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening to me uh, for this episode and and joining me. Talk about the NBA playoffs; it's been great. Um, yeah, once. Once things kind of you know pick up for other sports and other other stories, we'll talk about that. But I've been uh, heavily invested in the NBA playoffs, as you can see, it's been a good run. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll talk uh, next week. I think I am off. Oh, actually, no, next week I have my I have my time off that I had requested. Um, I have a week off. It starts on Wednesday, so maybe I'll do a podcast next Wednesday. Okay, I was supposed to go on a trip. I was gonna go to Switzerland um yeah i was really looking forward to it but then you know my passport i guess upon arrival there in switzerland you're supposed to your passport can't it has to expire within 90 days or something but mine expires 78 days after that so if i didn't know that this was like a rule but you have to get a new one if it's within 90 days which doesn't make sense because when i go there and then when i come home my passport would technically still be current so I, I don't understand it. So I didn't I didn't know about that until the end of August, August 29th. So I tried to expedite my passport, do all this stuff. I paid like an extra five hundred dollars for it, um, and then yeah, it's supposed to be here. It was like a five it was a five week timeline, and now we're like barely in like two and a half weeks. So I don't think I'm gonna get it. So I need to make some some calls to Switzerland, make some cancellation and get my money back. Um, so I'm pretty bothered by that cause I really wanted to go. I've been wanting to go to Switzerland for a long time and I finally had some time. I had money for it. And, but now, you know, now I'm, I have my PTO still, so now I need to figure out what else I'm going to do. Um, or what else I'm going to go, but I, yeah, I still don't have my, my passport. So I have, to, it would have to be somewhere in the United States and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do a, a U.S. trip, but but that that's that's my personal life. That's what's going on right now. I didn't I didn't plan my trip well enough. I paid for all a bunch of stuff, but my passport thing didn't get situated. So that's where I'm at. I'll have time next week to to do. I'll do a podcast either uh, next Wednesday or Thursday, depending on where my new trip is or where I go now. I don't know. I'm still trying to decide that. But uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, you know, um, tell people about it. Whatever. But uh, look forward to our episode next week. So thanks.